Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Keeping the lights on in the nutmeg state, Connecticut's Public Utilities Regulatory Authority Chairman, Marissa Gillette, on the Lisa Wexler Show, now on WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. We are graced by the presence exclusively of Marissa Gillette, our chairwoman of PURA, the Public Utility Regulatory Authority. This is an opportunity every month where we get to really do a, a deep dive into our utility policy and how it affects us and what changes need to be made. Our telephone number is 203-333-9422. We're happy to take your questions and comments. Marissa, hello and Welcome. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for having me, as always. Always, always. So tell us, Marissa Gillette, uh, tell us about your success and what is in this brand new bill that appears to have passed in the legislature <laughs> this year that really, I think, has an impact on your role as the chairwoman of Pura. Talk to us. Yes, well, I'd, I'd be thrilled to. Um, and, you know, there's still one chamber to go. So it passed unanimously out of uh, the Senate, which I think was, um, you know, really a good sign. It was uh, bipartisan, clearly, and unanimous. And it's um, called Senate Bill 7. So the House would still need to take it up and I'm hopeful that they're going to do so this week. Um, but the bill is really chock full of accountability measures. And I'd say some of the highlights uh, refer to um, you know, the prohibition uh, of utilities to recover the costs associated with asking for rate increases, which they can do now. It would also prevent the utilities from recovering costs associated with lobbying, sponsorships, um, gifts, expenses, uh, things like that. It would also create a compensation structure so that um, rate payers could, uh, you know, work to represent themselves and their viewpoints and hearings before us. So, there's so many uh, good provisions in there. I think there's over 40 sections, uh, and I'm really excited about it. I'm really hopeful that the House is going to take it up as, um, you know, a bell this week and look for, you know, bipartisan support there as well. One of the things, Marissa Gillette, that you had been speaking so much about with us that finally penetrated my thick brain was this idea of wanting to have a rate case because only when you have a rate case can you really do what you want to do in terms of exercising your authority on behalf of taxpayers. Does this bill change that at all? Does it give you an opportunity for a rate case that you didn't formally have? 
It does. And that's um, absolutely one of the things I'm most excited about there. Um, In our state, rate cases have really transformed into this public policy, like all in one, where you're not just setting the rates of the utility, but you're also setting the terms and conditions of their service, um, really drilling down into their customer service um, offerings and shortcomings. It's really all this, you know, everything in one. So people hear rate case and they say, well, I don't want the utility coming in to ask for rates and you know no no one wants their bills to go up but um as we discussed on a previous program uh you know we ordered a rate decrease for aquarium when they came in so um there are really important things that come in through rate cases and this bill would uh, allow pura to call in a utility for a rate case more frequently than they're um, allowed to right now, uh, you know, by state law currently, we have to give the utilities four years between rate cases, which has become really problematic when paired with settlements. So the legislation also ta- uh, takes on settlement provisions and puts some important guardrails around uh, when a case can be uh, settled um, versus the need for a fully adjudicated rate case. So the bill does that too. There's 40 sections in there. It takes on quite a bit. Wow. And what and that's amazing. Let's just talk about the fact that you said it passed unanimously in the Senate. That that's mm-hmm. pretty rare, right? It's pretty rare it that is. everybody can agree on something. So does that mean that the lobbying by the utilities itself was very ineffective this time? In other words, why do you think it was unanimous? You know, I think um I think the utilities are continuing to throw everything that they have. Uh, you know, one of um, there was a report issued um, by a university this time last year remarking on how much the utilities expend on lobbying efforts. So I don't think anyone should be, you know, under the mistaken um, the uh, belief that the utilities are not throwing everything they can get at it. I, I think what you're seeing this year is just really a confluence of circumstances, you know, folks are learning more about what is in their utility bill. And um, when you're educated, you can express your opinion to your elected official. I think those elected officials are hearing it from their customers. They heard it during, um, you know, they heard it during the election cycle. And so I think folks on both sides of the aisle are saying, you know what, utility is like, we recognize that, you know, we're a capitalist society and you have the right to make a profit, but let's not kid ourselves. You are monopolies and it's incumbent on all of us to put really important guardrails uh, around this and uh, do right by our customers. And I think I think the legislature is, you know, reacting to what they're hearing from their constituents. And I think this is, you know, a good example of how something like this is supposed to work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're chatting with Marissa Gillette, the chairwoman of Pura, the Public Utility Regulatory Authority in Connecticut. Marissa, I have a question for you, and it's two stories, so help me out if I'm confusing them. I saw a story Mm -hmm. this morning about the expense of the pier. Now, this pier thing is Mm -hmm. in the New London area. It seems to be a sinkhole of of problems, and there are a lot of... um, 
people that have been asking questions they feel they haven't gotten answers to as the cost continues to creep up. But the pier in New London seems to be wanting to be used as a place to create a, a housing place for wind development off the coast of Connecticut. And the price this morning, according to articles, is maybe as much as $300 million, which is much greater than the original price that was quoted. But the reason mm-hmm. I'm asking you about it, because it's confusing to me, is that it, in the article it talks about Eversource as being a, place, a, a company that's going to put forward wind power. But I thought I just saw yesterday that Eversource was selling its wind power subsidiary. Can you ex- mm-hmm. can you explain any of this? Can you clarify this to me for me? <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, the the state pier issue and offshore wind. Um, I, I'm not that more educated on it than any other member of the public um, for reasons we've, we've talked on past shows. In the 1990s, the legislature deregulated our energy supply which means that I don't have anything to do with the regulation of offshore wind, um, the pier that would go to support it. These are not being paid for through your electricity bills, um, which is good news, except the bad news is it's perhaps being paid for, um, you know, in another way. So I I can't speak directly to what's going on at the pier, but on the latter point about Eversource getting out of the wind business, this is something that we've been following closely because, you know, the company has really asserted that uh, Pura's work on performance-based regulation on Senate Bill 7 and other things, uh, Eversource's allegation is that our work is hurting their um, credit ratings and their standing with investors. And if you go read those investor reports, it's actually um, Eversource's investment in offshore wind and the fact they've been over-leveraged there uh, that seems to be having more of a bearing on how the investors view that company. So um, it is true Eversource has publicly announced they're looking to divest uh, their offshore wind assets, and um, that's definitely something that we keep an eye on uh, when it comes to the health of the company and how that might trickle down to the regulated assets um, that are the distribution utilities in our state. Who does regulate wind power if Pura doesn't? You know, it's uh, an interesting question. The commodity itself is deregulated. No one regulates it. Um, but uh, when it comes to the state procuring electricity, whether it's uh, offshore wind or the retention of the Millstone nuclear plant, uh, that authority has been delegated to the State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, uh, also known as DEEP. So wait a minute. This is what I want to know. Let's say the wind gets built and there are problems with the noise for the community. Who would the community go to to try and insist on a hearing? That would be DEEP? Uh, so when you get into federal waters, and we're really stretching my, my personal knowledge here, but when you get into federal waters and talk about permitting uh, and things that do with uh, aesthetics or noise or Things here, that falls into the federal government. There's a bureau called the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, oh, I think, BOEM. Um, so those kind of fall to the federal government since you're talking about okay. stuff that happens more in federal waters. 
So, Marissa Gillette, this bill, Bill Number 7, the Senate Bill 7, does it stay with the same bill number as it goes to the House? It does. So, it would be called as uh, Senate Bill 7. And, you know, we're hearing rumblings that it could be called as early as tomorrow. So, if you feel inclined to reach out to your your House elected official to express support, um, I think that can, can never hurt. So, We definitely aren't taking it for granted, despite its strong showing in the Senate. And has the governor indicated that if the bill goes on his desk that he will sign it? Oh, good question. Um, Certainly, we were in discussions with him as the bill advanced. uh, And the governor's been a really strong supporter of utility accountability. So um, I don't have any indication that he doesn't support it. As you know, he signed the Take Back Our Grid Act into law. True. Two years ago, and and that was really a precursor to Senate Bill 7. Okay. Marissa Gillette, thank you so much for joining us. We follow your work and the work of the authority very closely on the show, and we do appreciate your advocacy on behalf of the consumer. Thank you, as always, for having me. I look forward to talking to you next month. You bet. Marissa Gillette, the chairwoman of Pura on the Lisa Wexler Show. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.